Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Upstate Unconventional. I'm your host, Nico. It has been a few weeks since I put out an episode, and uh, that's because of the holidays and, you know, the craziness that comes along with that. But, you know, I was going to wait until the new year to put out this episode, but I re-listened to it tonight, and I think it has a really positive message in it, you know, overall, and I think it's something everyone could definitely benefit from hearing. Uh, I'm not going to give too much away. I have a returning guest, Whitney Fox from episode 23. So if you haven't heard that episode yet, I would recommend you go listen to that first. And uh, just to get some background information on Whitney and, you know, some of her stories with the paranormal. But, you know, she has a really positive message just kind of pertaining to the mind-body connection and how a lot of our dis-ease is, you know, subconscious, you know, generational trauma, things like that. You know, I'm not going to give too much away, but it's a fun episode. She's got a lot of incredible stories, and I just think it's a positive message going into the new year. Um, you know, if we could heal some of this trauma that we're going through, you know, internally ourselves and, you know, collectively as a consciousness, we could really change this realm and take it back for ourselves and that's my goal for the new year to just stop buying into any not that i did anyway but it's just like just stop paying attention to it don't pay your attention to the nonsense that these parasites are trying to you know instill this fear with us and all that stuff but we can take this world back i think 2022 is going to be a big year of change and i hope everyone has a great new year's you know fun safe and i hope we go into the new year ready to rock and roll and take this realm back um yeah with that being said uh you know i hope you guys enjoy this episode and if you've had a paranormal or spiritual experience and you'd like to be on the show send me an email at upstate unconventional gmail.com or find me on instagram at upstate underscore unconventional send me a message um you can tell me your story and we'll get you on the show but enjoy the episode guys and happy new year Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Upstate Unconventional. Tonight we have a returning guest, Ms. Whitney Fox is back. Um, if you have not heard her first interview, it's episode 23. I highly recommend you go listen to that episode. And uh, Whitney, how are you doing tonight? Hi, Nico. Thanks for having me back. Oh, no problem. This is uh, your first episode was amazing. I, so many people reached out and, you know, after re-listening to it a few times, it's just really some incredible stuff and uh we kind of left it at like a cliffhanger with uh, <laughs> the uh medium that you met so okay been and we'll jump kind of right into there you know i had such a good time last time i'm so glad you invited me back so um yeah so okay let's let's get started <laughs> yeah let's jump right into it um so uh and i think i had mentioned you in the email is like i have not heard my own voice a lot and so that was mm -hmm. that was kind of a trip for me to you know hear yeah. that and <laughs> i really enjoyed my episode because <laughs> yeah, it would be something that i would listen to and be like hell yeah you know it's so, so funny you say that because like the very first I, I had put a couple little episodes out like solo by myself and I, I couldn't stand hearing my own voice. And then I did one on my friend's show called the uncomfortable podcast. And I was like listening to it. And after like the first two minutes that were kind of cringy, I was like, Oh, this just sounds pretty good. You know? <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah. like so it's, it's weird. It's weird to yeah. get used to, but yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, so 
I'm going to tell you something else. This is, I just remembered this. I had a friend of mine after listening to your episode, right when you were talking about George, the uh, poltergeist, uh, he had a tapestry on his wall that kind of started moving right around. No, really? Uh huh. It's like, (laughs) okay, no coincidences. One (laughs) never knows the things that get stirred around or. Uh, you know maybe it draws your attention something you would have like ignored before but because you're in a maybe a higher vibration mindset or something i don't know yeah i don't know how it all works i'm not gonna lie we had some weird stuff happen here too and it's not I, i don't think it was really related to the episode at all but we just had some like the humidifier in my son's room just like wouldn't work in his room it leaked everywhere but it worked in the other rooms in the house and just some strange stuff that I I really don't equate it to anything related to that episode because but it, it's just it's interesting it so. heightened <laughs> heightened awareness or height, mm-hmm. heightened you know everything's a ghost you know exactly um, but you know heightened awareness might also be um, because there's those around you that want to get your attention and they know that you're open to it so you know there's the two the two sides like possibly you've got uh good energies around trying to uh, get your attention and say hey you know um i heard you're into this so i'm gonna give you a a little message or something you know i don't think it's all bad you know and thinking of that like afterwards like that humidifier when i like cleaned it out it was all like because we have they put fluoride in the water and everything and it it was just all like disgusting inside after i like really looked at it so we ended up throwing it away and getting a new one and now i just put distilled water in it but you know you look at it like that it's like maybe it was like a sign like hey don't use this one anymore exactly exactly yeah the deeper you get into this stuff the more you realize that you have a lot of um I believe there's a lot of energies conspiring for the better around you, you know, mm-hmm. and then you can be great. I mean, that's, that's the shamanic life, right? Is it, it you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you're, you hop on a rock and play a flute. Like it, it, <laughs> it can be, you just read the signs around you and you're sensitive. Um, and then those energies around you that are conspiring for the better good, then they know you're paying attention and they bring you more, you know? And so and that's the thing. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. You know, exactly. you just, it just keeps, it, it just becomes synchronistic constantly. You're noticing every little sign. And then sometimes I have to like stop and think like, wait, I'm, I'm definitely looking way too much into it. That, that billboard's <laughs> always been there. It's always said that it's not, it's not a mess. Yeah. <laughs> But then again, it's like, maybe it is. I don't know. (laughs) It's funny, Nico, is I think like we live dual lives, one in the energetic and one in the material. And then they cross over sometimes. And and I think it kind of has to be that way because you have to become grounded and, you know, call the plumber or, you know, um, feed the kids. Um, So you can't necessarily be in the, you know. In the clouds uh, all day. You can't. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I think the smartest ones of us will like walk the line between. Um, so, you know, I think there's some um, real uh, intelligence there, yeah. you know, and with talking to some people like my friend, uh, Tarrant Firestride, the Mad Hatter. I don't know if you've heard of him before. He's been making his rounds on the podcast. Yeah, yep, I have. Mm-hmm. He talks, we talk a lot about like meditation while you're working and kind of like, 
doing stuff in the physical, but gaining this like kind of spiritual knowledge at the same time and transmuting things as you, when you work with your hands, you can do it. If you're an artist, you can do it too a lot. And it's, it's really kind of fine line. You got to walk. <laughs> There's still like safety and stuff you got to take care of, but it's, True. it's just an interesting way to kind of look at it and try to balance that. And then our, our culture doesn't really foster it either. No. So, you know, if, if you, if you're too, um, you know, vocal about it, then you get a label and all of that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So it's, it, it's fine, you know, uh, reading the room, you know, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So when we left off, I think I had mentioned, I think that's a good place to start if you do. Um, yeah, we were talking had, about, yeah. So, uh, the, the paradigm changing aspect of my mother passing, you know, I'd already had like lots of experiences where I knew that consciousness and, you know, sort of what we're being told about the power of our consciousness or the, um, nature of it was mm-hmm. what we're being told, you know, what we're being programmed, I should also say, uh, you know, is, is there was, it, it was not meeting up in my mind, but, um, so my mom, um, she, you know, she was of an era where there was lots of cocktails and cigarettes and all that kind of thing, lot, you know, trips to Vegas and that whole thing there. I mean, my parents were great, mm-hmm. but they, she didn't take the best care of her body. Um, mm-hmm. but we were, um, we were close, loved my mother to death. Um, so, um, she had various health problems through, you know, the, you know, say the past decade before she passed, there was various things, you know, a little skin cancer. And then she had a lung, not a whole lung, but part of a lung taken out because of smoking. And so she, it's not like she was a really well person, but all of those things that she needed to do, I never got the feeling that I did then when she fell and broke her hip. Like I was uh, downloaded, I guess is the best way to put it with this knowledge that this was um, different. And so my, I have, I have three kids and that my son wasn't born yet, but my daughters were, and they were very little. And so as soon as I got the phone call from my father, they lived in Palm Springs. And I lived in the beach cities and, and, um, LA. And, and, um, as soon as I got the call, I just went into this anxiety mode and, you know, my dad was like, it's okay. She just broke her hip. It's all right. Take your time. Come down on the weekend or whatever. And I was like, nope, I'm going to be there. I'll be there in two hours. And so, <clears throat> you know, I couldn't, this was the first time that I had this experience with a precognition of someone's passing. So mm-hmm. they came, they, I've had them a few times since. Um, and I recognized in the subsequent ones what it was, which is even more sort of, uh, you know, panic inducing because you know i i think there is a gift in not reading seeing into the future sometimes because the um that anxiety is it's very unique and um you know shaking hands if you know i feel like i'm gonna pass out you know um and that's what happened in this case and so i literally packed my kids up in 15 minutes had them in the car seats and and flew down there and um you know, my sister was alive still and my dad was alive still and they had their house and we're just, you know, everything was fairly normal. And like, it's okay. You know, what's your problem? 
you know, that was essentially how I was treated is like, calm down, you know? And so, but I knew, I just knew. And my husband, you know, who's like, you're, I think you're overreacting. Like you're going to freak everybody out. You got to stop. And so I did stop on the outside, but I didn't stop on the inside. And in it, I lost 11 pounds in eight days. I just stopped eating. I stopped sleeping. I couldn't, all I was doing was like, uh, at the time there were tagamets, you know, the stomach tums and tagamet because my stomach was just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even think straight because my stomach was just this, it was my gut, which I learned later, you know, is the intuition zone. Yeah. I just, just knew. Second and, brain. Second brain. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, uh, you know, went to see her obviously in the hospital and then she began to decline rapidly and, um, you know, sidebar if i knew what i know today about the healthcare system i would have carried that lady home on my back i would not have yeah. let her suffer the way the treatment she got so uh, let, let's just you know uh put it it was death by doctor kind of everybody needed to poke her in every mm-hmm. you know place and get paid and stuff it was terrible but um i knew she was going and uh, it, you know, it was, it, it was a pretty strong premonition of this. And so it came down to a point about a week later, um, she was declining quickly and, and it came down to, I needed to tend to some things with my business at home. And, and so, uh, you know, it was like, I, I started to be like, okay, money, shit. <laughs> okay. I gotta, I gotta take care of my life. So, so I told everybody I was, I was going to go home just overnight you know, get some new clothes. And uh, my husband, he needed to go to work. So, um, so that day, uh, I went to go say goodbye to her. And, you know, everybody's waiting in the car for me. And it it took me about an hour to walk out of this facility. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I just knew and I knew the last time I looked her in the face, you know, I told her, I loved her and she told me that she loved me too, but she said it in a much different way. And it's like, we knew that last eye contact and I knew she knew. And so it took me forever to leave the place. And so anyway, on the way home, um, you know, two and a half hour drive from Palm Springs to LA. And, um, you know, my husband, he knew that I was, you know, always reading the signs everywhere he knew and sometimes it annoy him and especially if i, I was right <laughs> yeah so um anyway we're, we're driving for a while on the freeway and um there was a hearse behind us it was white all white hearse and it followed us for about 50 miles and and white was my mother's color like loved white clothes couches you know her hair was white like she just had this thing for white and um I'm staring at this thing in the rear rear view and, and he goes, stop looking at the hearse. It doesn't mean anything. And he changes lanes. The hearse changes lanes. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I just look at him. I'm like, okay, something is going on and I'm just going to have to leave you behind on this. This is happening. She's going to go, you know? And, and so uh, I drop him off at work, get the kids home and they're, they're asleep in the back as they do <laughs> in their car seats. Mm-hmm. But, not as they do at that time, you know, one of them was one, one of them was three and they were very like middle of the day. This is like noon and they're like out, out. So I thought it was odd. 
everything was odd though. I, I mean, I was watching everything. I'm like, what is, I'm just hyper aware in this like liminal zone. And <clears throat> I carry one at a time into the house, didn't wake up, put them in their crib in bed. And, and I'm like, God, that's so weird. And I'm just as nervous as a cat. I can't, I can't think of, I, I can't even think straight. So, you know, at the time I'm like, okay, I know it's noon, but I'm going to have a glass of wine and take a bath. See if this like helps. And so takes the edge off and just, uh, yeah. yeah. And so they stayed asleep, which was the weirdest because they just didn't do that. And, um, I did that. I got in the bath and then I hadn't been at this house in a week. No one had been there. No one was staying there, you know, and, um, I'm in a bathtub and the, the bathtub was like, it had a window. It was a bathtub shower and there was a window and that's where we would put all, you know, that was our makeshift product shelf. And we hadn't mm -hmm. been there. And I'm in the bath and I'm washing my face and a bottle of shampoo falls on me. Like the window's closed, nothing. So, so now I'm like, okay, wine bath, not helping. Finish washing my face. And as I'm like completing, rinsing it off, um, I see a, a, a figure go by the door. Like a, just a, a figure walk because the door was open so I could hear the girls. And, but a tall figure goes by and I see it in my like almost direct vision, but per mm. slightly peripheral. And so I call out to my husband, even though like he's in Irvine, like miles away, like there's no way middle of the day. And, um, and so now I'm even more nervous. So I get out and, um, I in a towel and I start walking towards the bedroom, even worse shape than I was. And I don't know if you've ever heard the wives tell that like if a bird flies in the house, there'll be a death in the house. Yeah. Uh, have you heard that? Okay. So mm. a bird hits the window, oh. you know, and I knew this wife's tale. And so I was like, holy shit. Okay. I got it. You know, like I got it. And so, so then the phone rings and this was, it was a house phone back when we had house phones and I go and I answer the house phone because I'm like, you know, could be whoever, right. My dad, my husband. So, um, I pick it up and it's this, it's like an old friend of mine who, it's not like I talked to her all the time, but she was a good enough friend that like would share news. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, but this news was strange, but she calls me and says, you know, I just, I felt compelled to call you to let you know that, um, I had a miscarriage and I was like, wow. And so I'm sitting and I'm like, but you thought to call me like kind of personal. And I didn't even know you were pregnant girl, you know? And right. um, she's like, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to tell you. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And like cried with her and I was already so on edge. And, and, um, and then we hung up the phone and being a house phone right when I hung it up, it rang again. And I thought, okay, well somehow some glitch, she's calling me back. And so I just, I was like, you know, Kathy. Yeah. And, and she goes, no, it's another friend of mine, complete other friend. And huh. I was like, whoa, weird. Okay. Hey, you know, how's it going? And, and she was all happy. Same kind of friend though. Like not someone I talked to all the time, not even. And she goes, it's so weird. I, I felt like I needed to call you and give you my news. And I was like, oh, okay, lay it on me. Like I'm having the day. Right. And, mm -hmm. and she goes, she goes, I'm pregnant. And I just mm. went, wait what and it was so wild like it was so connected I couldn't miss the connection there and so so I sat with her and I was like I'm so happy for you and 
you know, I couldn't even like tell her what I was going through because she was just elated. And I was like, I'm just honored. You shared your amazing news. We haven't talked in a year, but awesome, you know? And so I pick up the phone and then, then I call my husband at work and I told him what happened and he got super quiet on the phone and he's like, you know what? Maybe something is going to happen with your mom. You know, like it got mm-hmm. to him. He just finally goes like, wow. Um, so sure enough, that rest of the day, you know, I did my laundry, I made my calls, but I was super calm after I got that, like that sign, I guess. And so, um, I went to bed that night. I got in bed early and had a clock next to my bed and a rocking chair. And I looked at the clock every hour. I didn't sleep, but I was not like tossing and turning. I wasn't trying to sleep. I was just laying there. And, you know, obviously put the kids to bed. And we had this, like, Jack and Jill type setup at the time where there was a bathroom between our bedroom and the kids' bedroom. And mm-hmm. I always had those doors open so I could hear them or see, I could kind of see them a little bit. And um, and uh, hour, one hour after another ticked by. And I was usually, like, super butthurt if I couldn't sleep, you know. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, ah, I can't sleep. But this time... I didn't care that I couldn't sleep. I just laid there super peaceful. And then midnight rolled around, one rolled around, two rolled around. My husband got in bed around midnight or whatever. And he's like, oh, you're still up? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I guess, you know. And um, three, about 3.30 rolled around. And um, I felt her, my mother there. I just felt her there. I felt her come sit in the rocking chair. I could feel like her energy, I guess, against Mm -hmm. my arm. And I had not had this experience before, like of, I guess, maybe early mediumship stuff, you know, Um, but I 100% knew it was her. And I was like, okay, it's happened. And um, then I heard my girls kind of wrestling in their room starting to sort of wake up and I heard um I can only say it was her like she used to do this thing when she was here like she would say shh but it was instead of being she would like make it nicer you know mm-hmm. instead of like shh, she would go like shh, 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 like that mm-hmm. and I heard I heard that in there I heard shh, shh, shh. Okay. and so I was like I started to like try and wake my husband up like just kind of gently and I was just going to say, I think she's gone. And right as I was kind of doing that, the phone rang. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I went, you know, went out to the phone and I was super calm, picked up the phone and my dad just goes, I, like, he didn't even have to tell me, obviously, but he's like, you were right, honey, she's gone, you know? And so I, um, that was when I lost my shit. So I was calm and then I was not calm. And so then it was just this, uh, you know, one event after another where I was not holding it together well at all. I had not lost anybody yet. I was really, I was out of my mind with grief, confusion, the whole thing, as, as you do when you lose your mom, you know. So, um, you know, like I passed out in the um, in the mortuary when we went to go look at the cream. Uh, crematorium boxes and stuff I was like fuck no I ain't doing that nope (laughs) lights out so um in any case that was the day that um 
the hummingbird thing happened from the last episode we talked right. about hummingbird coming into the house with the white feathers and um from that point forward you know i was in such intense grief like i i tend to think that people that are deep thinkers they grieve harder you know because the whole existential crisis that just comes raining down on your head like what are we what are we doing here why did this happen where did they go like the whole everything it you know it, it that's what happened you know and i did my best to be a present mother because they were little but um i spent a lot of time <clears throat> um in a deep state of grief i there's just no way to put it and and also um with that existential crisis uh, a deep desire to have the answers of you know what where did she go you know what where do we i mean it's the big question right a lot of people i think just put it in the back of their mind because they don't have the bandwidth to deal you know um and others know and others have to know and i'm you know where the 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 nature of consciousness is the only question to me you know so uh after that you know when i could I could finally open my eyes because I wasn't even really able to open my eyes or get out of bed for quite a while. You know, um, I was grief sick. And um, so with like grief sickness, you you tend to look for um, ways to relieve that sickness, that, that you know, that, that pain. And so um, I did eventually have to kind of get back to work. And I've been an artist for 30 years and, and um, all of the different art takes me has taken me in various different places, you know, some commissions in people's houses and mm-hmm. other stuff like that. And so um, when I could finally kind of see again, I was like, you know, I've never talked to a medium. I've, you know, I know that there's, I, I, I want to say maybe John Edwards was around. And so I was, I was, and plus I had read, you know, uh, various things through the years and been intrigued by it. And when I could, finally breathe again because i literally that grief was so bad i couldn't even breathe i like i would it would i would catch my breath and be like (laughs) you know and it was crazy it was really it was really something else and so i felt like i had many after-death communications from her um meaning like i mentioned the thing with the bible and the note falling out with her writing after i had it from the last episode it said i love you i love you i love you and then you know, I had just said that to go open the Bible for, you know, so I think that after death communications, just sidebar, I think they, uh, they come through because your own psi abilities are triggered when you're in that, uh, well, in, in, in any time, but it, especially when you're, you kind of have one foot in the grave yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're you're kind of like a walking zombie. I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. And my wife had a very similar experience when her grandmother died. She woke up in the morning, like early, like I don't remember the exact time, and I didn't know her at this point. But she woke up with a full panic attack the night her grandmother died, and she was the same way. You know, just because her grandmother yeah. was like her mother to her, so is a very similar story that I've heard. So yeah, I. I I can imagine. I do have some subsequent opinions, you know, like for your wife too. I think, I think our, 
ancestor descendant connection is a real psychic bond. Um, whether you know them or not, but you know, the bonds of love are, um, they're very intense and they're very sacred and they're very shamanic, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I would not be a bit surprised. I, I, I would actually almost be surprised if I'm surprised when nothing happens when people right. don't know, you well, know, cause it's the... funny because like <clears throat> after that happened, it started her whole journey into yoga and everything. And mm -hmm. the... The, the gift, mm -hmm. you know, I think ultimately that is one, another thing that I've part of the paradigm shift is, is um, I think there is a gift in the grief uh, or in the death and the leaving, you know, cause I do believe that when we leave here, we go to someplace that is uh, beautiful and wonderful and you know, everything, you know, the consciousness right. is expanded. Here is the tough place, but you know, the sacrifice uh, of sorts that is made by the person that's leaving is uh, multifaceted in its capacity to teach us here stuff. You know, when, when people say like, why God, why take the children or why did my, you know, innocent baby have, there's always, always a lesson in it. Not that we can see it when we're in it, but, um, afterward there's right. a perfection to it. You know, um, I, I think that pisses some people off, but it is what I believe. Um, cause to, you know, that said that grief for me was I, I thought I was going to die I thought my heart was literally going to just not stop it was going to stop beating you know mm -hmm. I obviously had many things to do and you know love my daughters to pieces and uh you know I needed to rally and um and obviously happy I did because I've learned so much like the death of my mother's taught me more about uh all of being this. a mother right you know uh-huh yep yeah, so many lessons in there. So, um, so there there were several other after death communications that were interspersed in there. In fact, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, my mother is pretty good at that coming through mediums and coming through um, uh, with those messages at, because they were hot and heavy they coming in hot they happened a lot so many that there was no way i could deny them you right. know and but they're so personal that you know after death communication you try and tell somebody and they're like what no that's just a coincidence but you know when it happens you sense it you know that it was and that's that's the that's the reality. It's sort of like a religious experience or a connection with Christ or something like that. It's so personal that, you know, so, you know, one of them was, I had found a message board about after death communication. So I learned a bunch really quick. Mm -hmm. And in there, it said, you could ask for signs and messages and you could set dates and you can say, you know, I'm going to talk to you at three o'clock on Saturday and give me a sign. Right. So of course I did that. Right. And so, I set a date, the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, I sat in that rocking chair and I was like, okay, mom, let's go. Give me a sign, you know? And then essentially nothing really happened. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep trying, you know, because I would, my, my appetite for signs was insatiable because of the grief, you know, sickness. And so, so I got up from the rocking chair and I immediately, right after that, I walked right through the kitchen and I walked by the microwave and it made a sound that it never made before that and it never made after that. 
it made this like <laughs> and so mm. I just looked at the microwave and I went okay uh, I'm going to take that because you know if it started doing that afterward then the microwave was on fritz never did it again and so I, I, I took that as a manipulation of like electrical you know electrical stuff which is yeah. I think you know kind of common and and not that hard is what I believe and so um there was some other stuff that gets a little more complicated and might take too, uh, you know way too much time but there was some like some things that were in her purse because I had her purse and um you know I I would find I would find these relevant things out of the purse my my girls were too little to get into it and it was a purse that had a clasp on it and there was some things that were relevant like one of them was a picture of me when i was 10 years old that she carried around in her per i'm sorry 12 years old and she carried it around in her purse mm -hmm. and it became relevant later when i started talking to the medium and i was like that's so weird it had was out of the purse and it was on the floor right next to my bed where i couldn't miss it the picture of me with the date and my age and so and so the side part of it is i was like okay, so if you've manipulated or if you've in some way arranged for this, something about that age, there's something relevant there. And I just kind of tucked it away. But there was a few things like that. Little, mm -hmm. she had some things, some quotes, uh, like a Bible verse and then some other just like uplifting quotes that she'd had like in that purse that I didn't even know she did stuff like that, but they would just be out of the purse. You know, and so I would ask me, uh, my uh, my husband, I would just be like, did you go in there? And he's like, no, no, why would I go in there? And and it was like up in a way where, you know, my, my three-year-old couldn't have gotten into it or, you know, so just odd, but also happening, you know, and I took it as okay, you know, and it was relieving my grief. It was relieving me to be like, I think I can function. I think I can leave the room. <laughs> I think I can, you know, so right. <clears throat> anyway. Um, I started thinking more seriously about uh, seeking a medium. And so in that process of the after-death communications, one of the things I said to her was, um, you know, uh, okay, my sim our symbol, your symbol to come through to me is going to be a white bird. And so I think I'd mentioned that before. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, I saw white birds everywhere. I really did. And so paradelia, I don't know, but... Uh, I, maybe I was looking for white birds, but they, but there would be things where I'm like, no, there's no way, like literal white birds flying by a, a dove landing on the um, power line and stuff like stuff where I was like, I, if I doubt too much, maybe it'll stop anyway. So I'm, I, I'm going to take that. Thank you. And I did a lot of talking to her. And, um, so uh, I had gotten this um, project with, um, with a lady and uh, it was a fairly large sized art project in her house. And so um, I needed a lot of reference material mm -hmm. and uh, she wanted this like tropical room painted. She wanted all, all over the place. She wanted this like tropical, it was a lot of work. And what I had said to the spirit world at large or the universe at large, because back then, you know, as an artist raising kids, it was feast or famine, right? So mm -hmm. it, for me to take money aside for a medium, it was like, you know, it, it, it would have been, it would have been seemingly somewhat um, uh, 
you know, extravagant, I guess, because we were just like, okay, how are we putting food on the table this week kind of thing. Um, and so I had said, like, if I get a big job, if I get something, you know, like over a thousand bucks, I'm taking it right off the top, you know, like said it out loud and everything. And, you know, this is a long time ago. And this job came in and it was $2,000. And mm. I was like, made it undeniable. And it was just the random, I don't even know how this lady found me, nothing. So I'm like, okay, that's a sign. I'm taking it right off the top. I'm doing it. And so I didn't find the medium because I was obviously busy with the job. <clears throat> and um, I, I kind of struck up a friendship with this client. Like she was really cool. And um, she came in talking uh, loudly on a conversation with somebody. And I'm not going to name the celebrity, but this lady was very wealthy. And it was a celebrity that you would know. And they were talking about mediums. And mm. And it was so weird that she like, let me be privy to this conversation. She didn't know anything about me. She didn't know my mother just died, nothing. And right. so um, I was like, oh, that's so odd, right? And so, um, and also like, I'm not trying to hear your conversation, lady. Like, I'm not, you know. Um, right, but, why was she talking so loud? It, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And so I, I took that as a, a, you know, a nod in the affirmative. And so, I finished up the project and I'm leaving and I had this, you know, I had all this stuff to carry and, and she helps me down and gives me my check and all that stuff. And we're almost to the bottom of the stairs and she goes, Hey, just question. And she's like, kind of playful. Right. And mm -hmm. I go, yeah. And she goes, have you ever talked to a medium? And I went, why did you ask me that? And she goes, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little sensitive and I just feel like you should talk to a medium. And I just went, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm like, and I had to share with her, I go, I, you know, the fact that, you know, I, I'm going to take off the top of your payment, some money to talk to me and my mom died like three months ago. And she goes, I knew it. I knew it. And she got all excited and like wanted to have tea and the whole thing it was super sweet and awesome. Like, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, I just got in the car and went, whoa, okay. I obviously am not going to let this one pass me by. So first thing in the morning, you know, check clears. And um, I'm sitting at, um, at the time, you know, we had like a desktop and I'm sitting and there's a little window over the desktop. And um, my mom's name was Jay and she loved the Blue Jays. And I'm looking, searching, searching mediums, mediums, you know, like how, you know, it's the internet was not what it is today. So it wasn't as easy. And, and so right. I'm scrolling through, going to this, not feeling it, not feeling it. And then I get to this page and that sure enough, you know, this lady's name comes up and I, you know, I'll share it. Um, her name is Ocala and it's a, you know, a, a name. And I want to say it's, um, it means clear seeing. Um, and and her picture, and then there's this, you know, animated GIF of a white bird, and I, like immediately connected, and sure enough, like a blue jay comes to the window and taps on the window. Like, who, um, what? When does that happen? You know. Right. So, um, so, uh, you know, then it just this literally spiraled into this like, uh, this experience that like I, I it, it really was such a paradigm changer so contact the lady she gets right back to me we set up the appointment I, I felt like I was talking to my sister you know like she was just right. so down to earth and so tuned in like unbelievable and so 
um, she immediately, she, she, I, I want to say she asked me who I wanted to connect with, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Not only did she connect with her appearance and how she passed, um, she, uh, would even kind of channel and she would say things like, talk the way that my mom, my mother would talk. Like my mom could be somewhat, she was super funny lady and she could be like, she could say certain phrases and she could be a little gruff and, and sometimes her a sense of humor could be off color, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so like Okala was like, I don't know why I want to say this, but you know, and then I would just laugh because I'm like, Oh my God, I feel like she was a powerful medium, powerful. And so then, and I trusted her enough to be able to disclose to her, you know, when she would, she would ask certain questions that were very personal, personal family issues, things, beef that I had possibly not completely, um, you know, worked out with her, mm -hmm. with my mom. And so there's a couple. Um, so there was one where um, almost my whole life I got terrible motion sickness, um, like I couldn't even go to the movie theater and if I did I'd have to sit in the back and I would I'd have to like sometimes you know like stop watching the screen because just terrible motion sickness so okay. it was sort of a ailment and once in a while even watching tv I would get motion sickness so um it was a terrible it was awful right and so she my mother through the medium wanted to talk about the mind-body connection and I had not heard of that yet. I, you know, back then I was like, you know, it, you, you get, you catch a cold has nothing to do with your mind. It's, you just catch a virus or something. But, right. but the medium was like, she wants to talk about the mind body connection. And I'm like, okay, I, sure. Whatever. You know, I'd already trusted her. I already felt like that was a pretty strong connection. And, and then she goes, she goes, did you ever go on a boat? Did you guys have a boat? Did you go on a boat? And we only went on one boat, sailboat trip, just one mm -hmm. time. And I got horribly seasick. And my mother took a picture of me and I was literally green. And on that boat trip, I was about, I was probably about uh, 10 or so. And mm -hmm. she, you know, Okala described her exactly how she was on this boat trip. She, big sunglasses, hair in the breeze, just having the time of her life, was looking forward to this boat trip and was kind of bummed that her daughter was seasick like and she was not the most nurturing mother at the moment and <laughs> subconsciously i believe i internalized the un nature of how she was on that trip because i, I think that i was probably pretty disturbed because i had not been on a sailboat before i have some issues with being out on the open water too far <laughs> you know a little anxiety right. there um, even before that and so I think subconsciously I repressed it and it was coming out as a physical ailment. And so that's what Okala told me. My mother was telling me, she said, you need to go back and you need to relive that moment if you can and, and have forgiveness in your heart. Essentially, I didn't know what I was doing. So that's that amazing. I, that's so actually... I did, I did that and mm -hmm. I haven't been had motion sickness since I can go that's... to the theater I that's can, amazing. You know. So I know I've heard people that were uh, that are sensitive to this type of stuff can have that reaction with movies because of the frame rates and everything like that. But that's incredible. Because that, yeah. you never think that, like some 
silly like being a parent you know now it's like you got to think of everything like don't yeah. laugh at your kid. <laughs> don't do that's uh, yeah amen to that parenthood it's a lot more than you uh (laughs) feel like you signed up for it's Mm -hmm. it's insane you got to really kind of walk on eggshells with everything but before we jump into another story i just you know this reminded me of something that happened with my wife like i said she was really close with her grandmother her grandmother raised her and uh a few years ago i never met her grandmother we met in 2016 her grandmother died in 2014 but there was a time uh, it was right after my son was born and we were just like strapped for money. We needed money. And my wife got this, just like this calling uh, it, you know, like a sign to check um, this box she had of her grandmother. And it was all like costume jewelry that she just kind of kept. It was all fake mm-hmm. stuff, but she just was in, like compelled to go look in this box. And she looked through and brought it to a, uh, like a jeweler and everything. And there was a few real pieces and she ended up making like, you know, $1,800 and it wasn't anything wow. like really special, but it yeah. was just a few things mixed in with this box of obviously fake jewelry. Right. right. And it's like, that it's just happened to be what we needed at the time. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's I'm just, just incredible. I'm going to go out on a limb here and I would not be surprised if your wife doesn't have some mediumistic abilities of her she's an empath for sure okay yeah Yeah. and in fact i think we all do it's just some of us just don't listen your wife listens Mm -hmm. you know um and you listen obviously (laughs) you're a good listener (laughs) Um, thank you but yeah no it's just it just reminded me of that and it's just so crazy how i mean it's kind of like asking you shall receive but at the same time like why was she compelled to look in this box why did she keep that specific box you know this had happened she died three or four years before this happened. And it's just, well, right. That it it just shows you that our loved ones are still with us and they still care. It's not like, because they're in another environment and they're doing other things. I I truly believe they're still here and they're advocating for us. And when we need a little push, they'll give us one, you Mm -hmm. know, they'll say, Hey, sell this. No one's wearing this. You know, you've, you've, you know, so, um, and where they're, I believe, coming from is all love and um, teaching and growth and compassion and empathy and all of that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, so her grandma, good on you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's happened a few other times, too, with just other little things. Like, they, I'd have to have her explain it to me again, but it's happened several times. But that one was one of the biggest ones because it's just this little box, like, sitting in another box in the closet that she just... Right. It's like, I need to go look and could have sat there for years. And then uh, at a later time, the money wouldn't have been as important. Exactly. You know? <clears throat> so, you know, when, when you talk about like going to see a medium or, uh, or something like that, then it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. They got the name and, or, or they, you know, you feel like you have some relief to your grief. But the thing about the, the teaching of the mind body experience that was practical. That was practical. Uh, that was some practical advice that I could put to use immediately, right? Yeah. So, um, to drive that point home, I, I did. I had three readings with her, and I the second reading because I'd learned so much from that, and I had felt like such relief from my grief. I was like, "She's here. It's going to be okay. She's happy. She's." You know, like all of the things that you wonder about your loved one, like, 
you know, are they okay? Essentially is the big question. Are they okay? Um, so I had booked another reading with her a few months later. And um, at the time I was getting chronic sinus infections and, uh, and I would get them about once a year. You know, when you get a sinus infection, it feels like it's every month, but it, it turns out um, I, you know, back then we abused antibiotics <laughs> to yep. a degree. It was like, oh, take a pill. But, uh, you know, I know better now, but at the time I didn't. And um, so it was literally the day that I had the uh, appointment with her and I was, I was super stopped up and in my head was throbbing and I knew exactly what the sinus infection felt like. And I thought, well, I'm not trying to go to the doctor. I'm going to see if I have any antibiotics in the cupboard. And sure enough, so the date was June 16th was the day of my appointment with her, my second reading. And I go in to the uh, medicine cabinet and I, sure enough, I find the antibiotics from last year and the date on the bottle was June 16th. And so mm. I went, you know, there's no coincidences and I hadn't, didn't really know that at the time, but I do now. And so I went weird, you know? And so anyway, we start the reading and I'm thinking, you know, like I've got my expectations. Oh, we're going to talk about, I don't know what I thought. I thought, you know, uh, but right away she, uh, uh, Okala goes, wait, first, do you have a sister? And, and I said, yeah. And she goes, a couple sisters, right? And I went, yeah. And she goes, okay, the blonde one. And I, I went, okay. And this blonde sister, uh, I was very close to her when I was young, loved her to pieces. She was second mom, but mm -hmm. she went down a really rough path, uh, with drugs and, um, became a heroin addict and ward of the state. It was terrible but for a lot of other reasons. I won't get into her previous, she had a different father than I, and that is some serious drama there. Um, very, very sad, but r r rough, uh, rough psyche, rough mm -hmm. a job on her psyche. And, um, she was alive at the time. And, um, anyway, she goes, Oh, I, I, we're talking to your mom again. Right. And I go, I mean, if we can, and she goes, your mom wants to talk about your sister. And then she even uh, almost got her name right. Her name is Marion, but she's like, Mary? Is your sister's name Mary? And I was like, real close, girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to, let's go with that. And so um, she goes, okay, let me sit with this for a minute. And so she got real quiet and she goes, she goes, did your sister, did she get sent off for a time? And I said, yes, she did. And I was very, very close to my sister at the time. And she was taken away in the night because she was starting to like have the early signs of like dabbling and drugs and the wrong crowd and the whole thing. Right. And, um, but her being taken, uh, sent away, I, I was about in the first grade when this happened and, um, like super formative years, super traumatic for me. I was really tight with her. She was like, she was, um, 15 when I was born. So she was essentially kind of an adult second mom. And, um, I didn't understand her dr drug. I didn't even really know about it yet. And so, um, her disappearing was very traumatic for me. Yeah. And so, um, so she said, did she, okay. She got sent up off with somebody really creepy. And I, and I said, well, you know, she got sent off with my aunt and uncle and she, she goes, she goes, was that uncle's name, Bob? And I went, 
it was. And then she mm. goes, wait. And she goes, okay, there's a wife too. Like, Omi? My aunt's name was Emmy. So, mm. like, we're, she's really honed in and I am all ears. And she goes, okay, this uncle is not a good, not a good man. And I, and I didn't know this at the time, but I found out much, much later before my mom died that this uncle had raped my mother when she was 12. And mm. so, um, this gets a little convoluted. Stop me if it sounds, you know, too crazy. But, um, so, you know, much later, my mother tells me that, and I do know that my sister was sent off with this uncle. And so I believe subconsciously, I knew on some level that that was not going to be a good place for Marion. And she said something about, so when she got sent off, was it your uncle's birthday? And I went, God, I don't remember when his birthday was. I looked it up later and it was July 16th. So, so I had, you know, once again, the nature of consciousness and what we're really aware of, as opposed to what we're told we're aware of or what we think we're aware of, I think on some sort of quantum level, you know, I was, um, I was, uh, uh, holding that trauma for the family um, in my sinuses, <laughs> as wackadoodle as that sounds, because I know it sounds crazy. However, with the revelation of that knowledge, I have never had a sinus infection since. That doesn't surprise me at all. And we're on Upstate Unconventional. We talk about everything. Okay, good. Here. Okay, good. No, that really doesn't surprise me at all. It, I used to get sinus infections bad every fall. And I had a little bit this year, but same thing with like the antibiotics and everything. I, I learned not to use them because it, it always got bad. But right. Yeah, I do believe illness. I mean, if you get into like word magic, disease, dis-ease, it's. Exactly. It's exactly. Yep. A, so you can I heal learned, on different levels. That's, that's all. For sure. For sure. And so, you know, the other ailments that I've essentially had, you know, because everybody gets something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I've looked at it from that angle and I've been able to navigate things in a more naturopathic way. Um, and also it's, you know, it's the know thyself adage, right? Like you think you know yourself, but do you really, you know, like, do, do you really have to go in and do some deep shadow work to see what you're carrying around? Um, and so, so a lot of that came back when I started with the deep work with the shaman, you know, the, uh, and learned, um, uh, you know, the reality of that, but that was my first exposure to the medium. So, um, there was lots of other stuff, lots of uh, pretty astounding stuff. Those were the things that are, were the practical, like I said, the practical applications in my life where I feel like my mom was like, okay, um, you know, we can talk the, you know, with the fun stuff and the, and the magic and the fairy, but I want to talk about your body, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm happy to have this forum to share that because that happened and that is my now belief system. And I, I really do like homeopathics and naturopathics. They, they work on that energy field. If you're carrying around, like you said, the dis-ease, it's going to manifest one way or another. And you may help it manifest by, you know, 
uh, being careless when you're skiing or something, you know, because you got to break those bones to manifest whatever it is you need to learn there. Like it's all connected is what I'm saying. Your consciousness is way bigger. Our consciousnesses are way bigger and they, they help to manifest things for the spirit to, um, learn from and heal from and, um, uh, share and grow from, you know, but that's what I learned with that experience. So later with that medium staying on the topic of Ocala, um, after my father died a decade later, um, I was like, Oh, I'm calling her. She's going to help me talk to my dad. The Mm -hmm. funny thing though, is the medium would have been my mom's style, but not my dad's style. And Mm -hmm. so I I get on the phone with her and she's like, "Hun, you know, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think the window's closed on me. Um, I'm not getting messages anymore. And so, you know, and, you know, she referred me to the Paramahansa Yogananda. And so for sure I read, you know, um, you know, his autobiography of a yogi and got something from it, but it wasn't like the same level of stuff, but it was, it planted a seed for other things to come. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, didn't get to have that experience with my father's passing. My father and I were super tight and, and, um, but he was a different personality, you know? And so there was, you know, when I was in my deepest grief with grief with him, I said, you know, come on, dad, mom did it. (laughs) Would you please give me a sign? Like I'm dying over here. Like I need to know you're okay. I need to know. And so that was at night before I went to bed. I gave that message to him. And, um, he used to do a thing to wake me up as he would grab my foot and kind of shake my foot. Like when we'd go play golf or whatever, he'd come and Mm -hmm. that's what he would do. I woke up the next morning with that, just a little pinch shake on my foot. And I was like, Oh, Whoa, you know, I, I felt him here and, but, but that was it. No dreams or nothing. And I walked through the living room and, um, uh, and I felt compelled to go to my computer, open my computer. And the first thing in there was an email and it was from it. And it, this was sometime later after he had passed and it was from, and he had retired years ago. Like he had been retired for 30 years. So, and he had worked for the airlines and just this weird happenstance of coincidence. I got this email from a lady that used to work with him and in the email, she said, Hey, I know it's been a really long time. I hope I have the right uh, connection, the right email. Um, but I used to work with your father and I saw in the newsletter, the airline newsletter that he'd passed and I didn't know how to find you before. Um, but I have some money for you. And I was just like you. I, we were really broke at the time. And Mm -hmm. And uh, she goes, it's such a weird coincidence that I happen to see this because I don't read this newsletter very much. But I had dealt with um, a uh, small um, insurance policy that your dad had. And I never knew where to send it, never knew how to do this. And uh, so I want to send you a check. (laughs) And that was 100% my dad's style. So, you know, like he was always your money to carry, right? And so, you know, I took it, it is what it is. I'm, I'm going to take that 2,500 bucks and I'm going to buy some freaking groceries, you know? <laughs> so, exactly. Um, but it's just so funny, the different personalities coming through. like Exactly. And so I do think, you know, so I would say having 
gone in and studied mediumship the way that I have and, and developing that on my own, that was the start, you know, that was what started. Cause I'm like, there's something here. There is something here. So, um, and you know, mediumship and all of those things that we've discussed are all consciousness. They're just a matter mm -hmm. of the, where, you know, how you direct your consciousness and what you allow to come through, you know? So, uh, the, the last kind of thing that I'll say on my mom, because she, she still kind of comes through. If like before COVID, mm -hmm. right before COVID started, um, I knew something was coming. I'm pretty conspiratorial minded. And I had already been like, okay, why are all these CEOs stepping down? Like, why is all this, right. you know, the, the bullshittery is like starting to get into overdrive before it even started. But I started having signs from my mom and dad, bunch of dreams about them bunch of like their stuff like showing up and so I took that as they were sort of coming through going you're gonna be okay but be careful and so there's been some other people that have passed in my life and I'll, I'll get the same kind of stuff from them I'll get their our agreed upon signs will come through and or I'll have a lot of dreams about them you know so mm -hmm. I kind of have their you know team I have a team I feel like and so um when I decided to start studying mediumship more you know intensely um it, it for sure it was because of those experiences you know so but the last thing on my mom that i'll say which i feel like is pretty sweet it's just a it's just a sweet little anecdote but so by that i i at the so my sister my other sister moved in with my dad um and was living with him after my mom passed and uh, i think she was actually living there when she passed but um Anyway, we came on the one year anniversary of her passing and, you know, it's not that we hadn't talked between, but I called her and I was like, so how's dad, you know, like, how are we doing? And, right. um, we're talking on the phone, we're talking about my mom, the whole thing. And, um, and she knew that I'd had a bunch of anomalous experiences and also predict her death, you know, BT dubs, but, um, she, we're talking and she goes, Oh, there's our little hummingbird, our little white headed hummingbirds outside. And I was like, Oh, and she goes, wait, wait hang on. And she goes, hummingbird just like went down to the ground. And, and, uh, I'm like, Oh God, go check, you know? And so she goes out there and she gets on the porch and I'm on the phone with her and she goes, Oh my God. And, and, and you know, I'm like, what, what? Mm -hmm. And she goes, the hummingbird died and it's right sitting on the porch. And like, when have you ever seen a dead hummingbird? Like when is, and yeah. it was like sitting right on the porch. And so, you know, she's she, like, she picks it up and we're on the phone and she goes, I can't believe that. And so this is a one year anniversary, right? We're all, mm -hmm. we're both like highly tuned to this day. And, and so she goes like, well, do you want me to wait till you come down and we'll bury it? And I go, no, you go bury it. And let's say the prayer and the whole thing and tripped out. And so that day I'm already feeling like the, the vibration is higher or something. And right. so, um, my, my, uh, so my daughter, my older daughter is now four at that time. She was three ish when she passed. And mm -hmm. so, and I had my other daughter uh, who was like napping more. We get to the evening, my, you know, the baby, she like I put her down or whatever, but, but me and the older daughter were awake and my husband was at work late, working late. And so, you know, I'm trying, you know, I'm like, well, what should we do? And she has her head in my lap and she's like, let's watch TV. And then, so 
so I go, okay, let me put on the TV and <clears throat> start going through the channels. This was back when you did a lot of that. Yep. I'm like, what could we watch? What can we watch? And that's appropriate and not too, like too many cartoons <laughs> or whatever. And so, so I come across that show called Touch by an Angel. I had never seen the show before. I have never watched the show since. So I didn't know anything about the characters. Right. And um, she's like, let's watch that, that, you know? And so I put it on and, and um, oh, by the way, she had uh, at uh, a point not too long before that we were eating dinner uh, probably maybe within weeks before that, just uh, backtrack a little. And mm -hmm. uh, again, it was just me and the two girls. And, and, um, and during that dinner, she stops dinner and she goes, mommy, can you hear that? And I said, what? And she goes, that's singing, you know? And, and um, I was like, no, I, uh, -uh, I don't hear anything. I go, maybe it's a radio or so a neighbor or something. And she goes, and then she points over my head and she goes, you have one, two, three, four angels over you. And I, and I just stopped and I went, really? And so I go, do you have some? And she goes, yeah, I have four too. And then, and then she, uh, I go, well, what about your sister? And she goes, well, she's got three. And, you know, I go, what about daddy? And she goes, yeah, he's got, he's got a bunch too. And so I just kind of let it go. And I didn't even know she knew what an angel was at the right. time. And mm -hmm. so then fast forward to this day, the anniversary of my mom's passing. And she goes, let's watch that, you know, and because I had sort of known about the angel conversation, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. Let's put it on. It's probably corny, but let's go for it. You know? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know anything about the characters or the theme of the show, but if you've ever seen it, it turns out it's like these angels that come down to earth and they take on these personas to do angelic work here. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I've never seen it. So, okay. Yeah. And so it, it's sweet concept, but like, and then, then it's like a, you know, every episode they, they come down and they take on a different personality. So I'll just share with you. One of the angels' name is Tess. My daughter's name was Tess. And so I'm wow. uh, 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 instantly intrigued. And yeah. so it, uh, throughout all the show, that angel's name is Tess. But in this show, the male angel, he comes down and he's a mural artist. And at the time, I was painting mostly murals. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. You know, like, that's very wow. weird. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, we're in, you know, we're watching the show and it was the most heart uplifting message. And here I am crying at the show, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> a very emotional day. And, and so then, you know, the, the show's complete. I'm trying to like hold the tears in cause I'm not trying to get my kid to like worry about me. And so right. I'm over there secretly sniffling and turn off the show and, um, then she's still in my lap the whole time. And then so she gets on her back and she looks up into my face and, and she go, and then she stops again and she goes, mommy, she goes, I hear it again, the singing. And I was like, I'm listening. And this is like later in the evening and the building's quiet. And I'm like, I don't hear it. And she goes, yeah, mommy, the angels, they're singing. And so I just started bawling. Like, and so I was like, okay, that, is the perfect end to a year of grief, you know? And yeah. it was literally like the next day the sun came out. The grief was, it lifted like a veil, you know, like it had mm -hmm. been there and I was able to just deal. But I came out of that year of grief 
looking at life completely different. I mean, that's why a paradigm changer is, you know, um, an understatement. So the one thing that I wanted to like also say, because I did a little pregame on that picture of me where I was 12 years old. Um, one of the things that was one of my deep shadow work things, you know, was when I was 12, my parents were going to get divorced Mm-hmm. And they, in their sort of unconscious state of pain, they asked me to choose between them. Mm-hmm. And so in my third mediumship reading with Okala, she had mentioned myself at that age. And I, and then she said, she, you know, uh, Okala was like, like, you have a picture of yourself or something at like age 12. And, I, and then it dawned on me that that picture that originally fe- somehow made its way out of my mother's purse. And, you know, so she, you know, she said, your mom wants you to forgive her for that. And, um, you know, that was, um, you know, it was a terrible thing to do. And it was, it drove a divide between us. Um, Mm -hmm. But she wanted to make the mind body connection there again. And so that's, that's why I said, like, if it gets too convoluted, she no, I, to... I can imagine how traumatic that would be having to like kind of choose between parents. Like what does that? <laughs> right. So yeah. when you said how difficult or how complicated it is to be a parent yourself, it, it, I, I believe, and not to it at all sound luxury, cause I know you're super aware, but in this case, because my mother had not had the opportunity to do her own shadow work she was raped by her brother at 12. So when I reached 12, there was some subconscious stuff that came up Mm, in terms of family, lineage, trauma, pain, that kind of thing. And so I learned from through that medium that I needed to address my forgiveness for, you know, my parents for having, not having had the awareness and having sort of put, that on me and buried it in my subconscious right so Mm -hmm. i learned so much from that and also was hopefully a different parent for my kids you know they're all essentially grown now but i was a more aware person i think i i do believe that my mom was like oh hell no i'm gonna get this message through come hell or high water she's she's i'm not gonna let that legacy keep going you know not and pass so, down the trauma. Not to pass down the trauma. So, so the weird thing was when that daughter was around twelve years old, I had this weird unconscious, but I was conscious of it. I had this weird, I don't want to call it an aversion to her, but I would become too. I would become quickly angry with her, but I was aware enough to know this is subconscious crap. This is my imago. This is my, you know, and so I was able to navigate it in a way that um, I feel was a much more healthy way in, in recognizing it. So I just feel like that's a that's a message that if somebody can hear that, like that's that's some real stuff there, you know. Um, yeah. So. It's very interesting, and I'll I'll talk to you about it after we're done. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I would love to hear uh, for mm -hmm. sure, but 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 what I will say, just to tie a bow on that, when people say it's all about forgiveness, it is. 
It is. Mm -hmm. You don't forgive. You forgive. So you forgive for yourself as much as you do for the other person. You carry that shit around. It's going to come back to haunt you. It's going to manifest in a, in a boil of cancer or a, you know, psychological, or you're going to pass it on. That's why that whole, you know, I think there's some deep, deep wisdom in the whole, uh, um, ancestor descendant, um, um, healing Mm -hmm. thing. So if that makes sense. So, so and, anyway. and, and when you don't forgive, you know, you're the one carrying the stuff around. The other person has forgotten about it, you know, most of the time. And this uh, not, and, not so much with the family trauma, maybe, but. Right. Until they go into their life review, which I hear from near-death experiences and, and also my own personal ayahuasca experiences, that's a real deal. And mm-hmm. you, if you can heal it, you want to. Um, so, um and in this, it was a blessing. It was such a blessing. So I was essentially struck with the power of a good medium and how they can bring so much light and healing and forget, you know, healing to trauma on a, on a, um, even a physical level in this case, you know, so, um, for all I know, maybe I would have gotten cancer or something if I didn't, (laughs) you know, like, you don't know. You don't, you don't know how the dis-ease is going to manifest, um, which you had mentioned wanting to kind of talk about the Reiki stuff. Um, that, that was, uh, uh, I was sort of an unconscious rate. I became an unconscious Reiki master cause I, I never thought to pursue it, but people just kept giving me, uh, either clap, like as a gift, like you're, and telling me every psychic I ever saw you're a healer. And, and I never felt really drawn to it, but I had mentioned in our last episode that uh, I had a very interesting father-in-law. Um, he's passed, but um, our relationship was very spiritually like-minded, and he was always such a curious man and such an interesting person. And uh, it, you know, he in- absolutely insisted that I I uh, pursue it, and so he mm-hmm. he made sure to set up the appointments, drag me down there for the attunements. You know. Um, call me all the time. Let's do Reiki on people. I've got people that need you and need me. Cause he was a Reiki three master. And so we would work on these people, all manners of interesting things would happen, all kinds of, and what I learned fairly early is a Reiki master. It's not about the Reiki master that is, it's, you're just a conduit. You just right. essentially stand there and say, I will be the energetic, uh, uh, extension cord, you know? So, um, when I was early on in it, I started to kind of take on the ailments of the people I was working on. So it freaked me out. So I pulled way back later on through the ayahuasca shamans. Cause I, I did work with some Colombian shamans and I had a, like an, a, a third attunement essentially through them. And, um, so in ceremonies, um, I would have some powerful, um, what's called kundalini experiences and Mm -hmm. that would bring through some pretty magical no other way to put it um, magical healings that's the one that i i guess i have my head around the least and and i still don't have a a huge calling to do it and um i'm not sure why i think part of it is um even though i've had amazing experiences where people will have healing experiences um i i i still don't really know where to put it you know so mm-hmm. i i don't necessarily 
pursue it. People ask me to do it. I will. Um, I've had animals want it, <laughs> which is so interesting. It's like they know. And it's very vibration raising. Um, but it's also so outside of our uh, kind of zeitgeist here. You know, you, you go to Colombia, of course. They do, yes, of course, you got to go to the energy healers. You know, you go to Peru or you go uh, sit with, you know, Native Americans. Of course, this is, of course, you know. Right. So um, in this culture, though, I've seen it be abused. You know, like I, I know a quote Reiki master and she's the most effed up person I know, you know, mm. and so, but it's, she's making money at it. And, you know, the money thing is what also freaks me out. Like, no, I, you know, I don't want your money for something like that. It's sacred. you know. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. It's such a fine line to work because it is still your time and your exactly. time is energy and mm -hmm. all that. But yes, yeah, it, it's, it's very fascinating. But too, like what you said too, like in Colombia, yes, of course, this is like what you do, but it's just amazing how the pharmaceutical companies have just <laughs> completely yes. sabotaged and well, I think it's intentional. Oh, it's a hundred percent intentional. And <laughs> yeah. I, I believe we had healing chambers. I believe these big cathedrals and stuff were all energy healing, frequency healing things. And I mean, that's a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down, but that's, <laughs> yes, I agree with you a hundred percent though. hundred percent. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't get too deep into spirituality or conspiracies and you have to marry the two, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, we aren't being told the truth. Something's up it is, you know, somebody's got the keys to the kingdom. And, um, however, you know, I really do believe there's more of us than them. So, you know, yeah, for sure. Um, it's, uh, it's a slow awakening, but it's, it's happening. Yep. And one thing I believe that we, we, the collective we have is the capacity for love. And I'm not sure that they, that smaller collective, they do. So um, love is the most powerful as cornball as it might sound, you know, through these experiences, especially with the shaman, there's nothing more powerful, you know, and even like, look at if we talk about the mediumship, that's some powerful love my mother had for me to do some work from the other side to get through these messages. It, you know, and, and just how we use the word love in this culture. I mean, it's been twisted and perverted to a sense where it's like sex and just like, right. Uh, material things and things mm -hmm. like, and it's like, you can't explain love. Like love is just, I would just say it's what doing good, like doing what's naturally right, you know? Right. Right. It, it's, it's a hard concept to wrap your head around because we're conditioned to say like, I love you, you know, like, but it's, it's so much deeper and, and larger than that. It's, it's a fascinating Agreed. topic. <laughs> it's a big one. I mean, mm -hmm. it's the biggest right there with consciousness, you know, um, we had discussed, I don't know how long you want to go, but, um, we have you just let me know because i can yeah, keep so going we have um <laughs> the, using this app to record we have two hours so we can go okay. a little longer for sure and, okay. and we can always do a part three i'm not okay. opposed to that at all okay as long as you're okay with it uh, totally I, I i'm loving this this is amazing you know um it's like i really feel like that thing about the mind body connection is sort of a message i feel really good about having gotten out there you know yeah. so i appreciate you with the forum on that. Cause sure. I tell the people around me or I have, I'm, you know, sometimes I feel like a broken record, but, you know, I, I really actually don't talk about it that much. Um, but you know, 
it's just that, so important right now it, it, with it everything is. going on because everyone wants that you know one pill to fix it all and it's like i mean i've heard people tell stories of healing themselves through meditation you know totally out of body experiences and seeing where the problem was exactly literally seeing in their floating above their body seeing what was an issue and fixing it totally so i I believe in it a hundred percent and i think we can all do it you know I agree. What One of the things when you mentioned me, uh, meditation, so one of the things that I've done in the past few years since my shaman died, you know, spoiler alert, um, was he, before he died, he very much wanted me to do a Vipassana meditation retreat. Um, have you heard of Vipassana? Yes, I believe my wife did one, but I, I would have to okay. talk with her again, but yes. I, I love your wife. She's, <laughs> she's the best. Um uh essentially what it is uh what it's believed is you know was created by and i'm just going to go off on this tangent real quick mm-hmm. because it's relevant to the meditation and the mind body connection um it, it's a uh, uh, a technique that was um you know comprised of by gotama buddha 2500 years ago essentially under the buddha tree and mm-hmm. i mean under the bodhi tree and so uh it's a it's a it's a technique that it, it does take 10 days to learn. You know, it's not anything that you can really listen to tapes. So the, the retreat is, it's a 10 day retreat and you live like a Buddhist monk. Um, no talking, no eye contact, no reading, no writing, you know, nothing that, Mm -hmm. but 11 hours a day of meditation and learning the technique. And Mm -hmm. you essentially learn the technique by about day eight and talk about paranormal, like, um, you know, you're by about uh, day five or so, and it's kind of like clockwork for everybody. The schedule runs about if you're if you're putting in the effort. Um, by about day five, it, it, it's uh, it that day five is typically extremely difficult. But then after that, at, you're you you are pretty much learning the technique. You know the technique, and once you do, then your subconscious moves to the forefront and your conscious mind moves to the back and you're not a hundred percent sure if you're dreaming or awake it's very powerful experience and so you know throughout that uh, a good deal of your shadow work comes to the forefront um in your off not meditating time so um when you read the little guide of what to expect when you get there, um, they, they take it as just a normal happenstance and they just, you know, unapologetically say in there, so you might find, uh, certain ailments that you used to have disappear, you know? And so I, I think it's because it's not, you know, the process of confronting yourself is, very difficult i mean people will leave people will leave the retreat like i can't do this and it's probably uh the hardest thing i've ever done and um i've done three of them and they don't get easier because more of your shit comes up but you know i I did learn to meditate so i've you know and i did i have been able to um take a real deep look at uh myself when when, you know, the highlight of your day is watching an ant crawl up the wall, you know, there's a lot of in, inner reflection that needs to be done. And it isn't always easy. But anyway, it's an interesting process. Um, and I believe 100% that 
through meditation, your psychosomatic, um, I mean, you know, maybe all ailments are psychosomatic, you know, start in the brain, start in the psyche, you know, maybe past life. I don't know. I mean, but, um, so it's, it's a very interesting process. If I, I really, I'm a fan of Vipassana. I think I don't necessarily think that everybody should do ayahuasca, but I do think everyone should do at least one Vipassana retreat in their life, you know? Yeah. Um, just to see if you can come out know. a different person. Right. You know, it's and, a peak experience to say the least, you know, know. I'm, I'm trying to schedule an appointment to do a float tank or a sensory deprivation nice. tank. Just, yeah, we'll see what comes out in there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, I've done a few of those. I have a friend that has a, has a, has a business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty neat uh, too, for sure. Um, as, as long as you don't have too intensive claustrophobia, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So, um, so I was kind of thinking we have, we have gone for quite a while and the story, I think we've kind of prepped the story of the shaman and the ayahuasca experiences. Cause yeah, there's a lot of another cliffhanger for sure. I, I feel like there's a lot of things that tie the whole thing together. Cause I've learned so much from that medicine and it, it's answered so many of the previous questions, you know, so mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we do that. What do you, what do you think? I think we should definitely do that. Um, okay. Yeah. And we'll just schedule it sometime after the holidays. That's totally fine with me because yeah, I don't want to like have you rush through it in the next 10 minutes. Cause I, I, I know there's going to be a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I hope I don't talk too much. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, okay. this is a talk show. <laughs> I know exactly. I guess that's what you want from a guest, right? Exactly. Okay, okay, I don't good. have to do, <laughs> I'm just, I'm listening. I'm just absorbing it all in. But, okay awesome but, okay good yeah, yeah let's do that we'll do that and i wanted to talk about tarot a little bit too the next time cause okay i have yep. a tarot deck i've never really done anything with it but i had a weird i, I tried it one time right oh, okay i'd be and, happy to talk about that i've had i've been reading cards for a long time you know listen i mean i'm no spring chicken and i was i was I think i was in my teens when i got my first deck you know so for sure I'll yeah. just tell you the story real quick. It's okay. fascinating yeah. to me. So I was just shuffling the deck, doing a like little three-card reading on myself. I've never done it before. I was kind of afraid of it before any of this. And I'm shuffling cards and whatever, and one shoots out, right? Yeah. And I, I look at it, and it's uh, the Ten of Cups. And I'm like, okay, okay whatever. And I, sh- I just put it back in, and I shuffle it up and shuffle it up. And the first card I draw after I shuffled it was the Ten of Cups. <laughs> so to me i was like that's this is paranormal you know Uh, yes yes there's Um, a probability i'm sure someone could do the math on it and say oh yeah that's a one in an eight thousand chance whatever but right but it (laughs) wasn't well you know let me allay your fears um about you know being afraid of it Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you've heard this before it's not the cards that right. that are doing anything, just like a Ouija board. It's the consciousness that is uh, working with them, and mm-hmm. it's all about your intent. So, uh, if your if your intention is curiosity and um, you know uh, you know gaining knowledge and that kind of thing, that's the intention that's going. In my opinion, um, is is going to prevail. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ten of Cups, of course, the tarot, they've got their archetypal meanings. But if you work with them long enough, then you start to develop your own sort of 
mythology with them and then you start to see certain combinations and so what you know what i would say just a cursory look at that the ten of cups is it's a very good card and also um, a card that i would feel would be a reassurance to you it, it, mm-hmm. if you're if you're having fears like if i was doing a reading for you i would say if you're having fears about your family and your general well-being in life the universe wants you to know that you can allay those fears because those fears might be distracting you from uh, doing some work that you're supposed to be doing. So all is fine in the, you know, all the cups are full, all 10 are full and it's a happy, warm house. Enjoy it, you know, to, uh, right. you know, be in this moment. Um, and it, if depending on when, you know, you maybe have had some curiosity about the cards, you may have had some questions. Am I doing okay? Like, is everything okay? Like, am I worrying for, is there a reason to worry, you know? And so your subconscious essentially in whatever way, you know, had the card come through and say, yeah, yeah, now get to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop worrying, you know, <laughs> everything's Everything's good. So, um, and that's to me, uh, a, in essence, of how it works is, um, and then the, the reader, you know, we can talk more about it next time too. Um, but sure. the reader start, starts to, um, can, um, it, it's a jumping off point for the intuitive, you know, mm-hmm. um, there may be a card that brings up something and it's kind of a guide, kind of guidelines, you know, along with the regular archetypal general messages you know and i know that a lot of tarot readers they will get very into the spreads you know like mm-hmm. oh this is a spread that has to go like this this is the you know the crowd all that stuff. i don't do that i just uh intuitively pull the cards you know for where we're at in the conversation and and um yeah that's uh, kind of my know. feeling on it too and that's kind of how like when my wife does it too she's like you know just it doesn't have to be a specific order it's just take right what feels right you know like totally totally so very intuition based you know that that is also all shamanic work and my shaman had said something to me you know a lot of things but one of the things on that note was he said you are always your own shaman Mm. so don't don't listen to other stuff like if you want to if that's helpful in your learning process, sure. But if there's anybody that comes along and says it has to be this way, you are your own shaman, you know? <laughs> so um, that's why I trusted him so much is, you know, there was none of this like, follow me, I'm the leader, power right, trip buy stuff. Right, my book. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. I've got the only answer, you know, and yeah. we all have the answer inside and that is the answer. That is right. the, it's just, um, you know, where you feel pulled to kind of, if you're being pulled to tarot, then by all means it's like it's just like beautiful pictures and allied you uh, uh, you know lead you down a a path of um you know a lot of potential learning you know Mm -hmm. we all are the fool so you know um yeah so okay well that i think that sounds awesome you know and um after the holidays let's uh let's do it again okay and i will i'll get my thoughts together about uh that um experience with ayahuasca because it's it's really a story you know it's everybody's got their own and i've got one <laughs> i've got yeah, one to no, share I can't, wait, I can't wait to hear it. and i know my audience okay. is going to love it too based okay. on you know responses from the first episode and they're going to love this one as well so thank you so much for coming on if there's anything you want to plug just where people can reach out to you 
I know. Um, gosh, I think I uh, said my uh, my Instagram yep. for the mediumship is just at uh, at Trickster Fox Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really need to start updating. I'm bad at that, <laughs> um, but engaging a little bit more, you know, this whole COVID thing and this whole like, um, crazy world we're living in has had me sort of withdraw from social media quite a bit. But if, if somebody wants to reach out to me, I'd be stoked to hear from them, you know? Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for coming on again. And like I said, we'll, we'll schedule something real soon. perfect nico make it happen okay sounds great you have a wonderful holiday and um i look forward to talking to you then you as well We'll talk soon all right and that's the show folks i really hope you guys enjoyed it you know if you did enjoy it you could do me a huge favor and leave the show a five-star review on apple podcast that will really help this show grow and uh, we can get more guests on. And, you know, like I say at the beginning of the episode, if you've had a paranormal or a spiritual experience, you want to talk about anything like unconventional, uh, conspiracies, things of that nature, send me an email at upstateunconventional at gmail.com or uh, find me on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. And uh, yeah, we'll get you on the show. Um, with that being said, I hope everyone has a happy and safe new year. You know, we're going to take this realm back in 2022. It's going to be a huge year for change. And we're going to shift the consciousness into a better, just a better world. You know, we're not going to deal with the parasites anymore. We're going to take this realm back. And yeah, that's my hope for, that's my New Year's resolution. I'm not a New Year's resolution guy, but my resolution is to stop complying with any of this nonsense. Not that I did to begin with, but it's just enough is enough we're going to make the change and we're going to come back and take this world back because we are the people we have all the power we have the numbers there is more of us than them and they don't want you to know that but it's the truth as soon as we stop complying we will have a better world to live in and yeah again happy new year's everyone thank you for listening i'll see you on the next episode